When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Skip. Good tackle. Anumpele. We'll fight for it here, and he's got it. Tongyun Mbele shifted onto his right foot and scores. First goal of the season for Tongyun Mbele. Getting a run in the team. And he had to work hard for that one as well as show his craft and guile. Spurs a leader Molyneux, and it's Tongyun Mbele who gets it. Mbele, away from Dendonka. Skip, gets that second ball. Delhi. Wonderful pass, and Kane takes it in his stride before scoring. Spurs double their advantage, it's Harry Kane on the score sheet now. There's been some lovely football in these opening moments. Sublime, what a pass from Delhi, But it was really nice, intricate football in central midfield. And then Kane raced through, has scored in Europe this season. Now has a domestic goal for Spurs here in the Carabao Cup. And credit to Wolves for the fight back from 2-0 down to get it to 2-2. And now in the Carabao Cup third round, we go to penalty kicks to decide who will make it through. Well, Kane has been getting stick from the Wolves supporters all night. And now from 12 yards, Berry's hit. Wonderful penalty. Regulon to level the shootout. Which he does, that's a splendid spot kick from Regulon. So reliable normally from 12 yards, Ruben Neves. Oh, but it's over. It's a woeful kick. Kill. Oh, what a kick. Leander Dendonka scored in the game. But he's kept out by Gallini. Hoybier tonight by Ruddy. The Wolves captain honours an early first-half substitute. Does not score it. And Spurs are through to the next round of the Carabao Cup. And those fans who've made the journey from North London will return home happy. Into the fourth round of the Carabao Cup. It finishes Wolves 2, Spurs 2 after 90 minutes. Spurs win the shootout by three goals to two. 
Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very safe and well. Thank you for joining us for a very, very late edition of The Last Word on Spurs. And that's down to, of course, Nuno and the boys. We are providing you instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspur advancing in the Carabao Cup. My God, they left it late. But um, we've got a great show to bring to you. I'm delighted to be welcoming back returning guests to this show. Uh, obviously, I've got my co-host first alongside me. I've got Jason McGovern back for you know, Wednesday and Thursdays. Jase, how are you? Very good, mate. I um, enjoyed tonight's game. Our XG went up to about seven with that penalty shootout. So uh, what, what can be better for fans to enjoy? Get that XG going up. That's that's what we're all tonight was about, mate. Long live the XG, long live the XG. Also delighted to have back on the show. You're going to see him quite regularly this season. Um, we've got the great Frankie Major joining us. Frank, how are you? Did you enjoy that? Uh, well, I, well, I enjoyed part. I say of you enjoy it. it. Did, did you? Did you uh, have one eye, one eye, one hand over the eye at times? I did, but uh, we're still in the hat. That's the main thing. I'm going to try and be positive. I get criticised a lot for being too negative, so we're in the hat. We've, we've got we, the draw could have been worse. Burnley away. Um, they're not exactly setting the, the world on fire at the moment. I mean, poor form, in fact. So, yeah, we're in the cup. We're still in the hat. That's the main thing. And uh, there we go. Agreed. We're going to come on to the game shortly. And also, please have back on this show. Going to hopefully have him on as well quite regularly this season. We've got the great Leon Emirali joining us. Leon, how are you? Thank you for standing right. for this one. It's always Tottenham, isn't it? They always do this to us. We knew penalties were going to be in. We knew it was going to happen, didn't we? We knew it was going to happen. I think it was clear for everyone to see. But uh, look, the quadruple's still on. So um, what more can what more can you ask for? <laughs> we're not getting the fair play league in that, are we? About quadruple rather than the other cups. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not Jason's Farmers League on a Thursday that we're counting, are we, Jason? I tell you, uh, Jason, be prepared. Frank's doing you a lot. Don't start the checker trade for God's sake. Oh my God, it's been that 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 competition. My God, but it is a win for Tottenham. Um, let's get straight into it. You know, Spurs are through to the next round of the Carabao Cup, winning by three goals to two on penalties. Frank, I'm going to start with you. Tell us what you made of the game, Frank. Overall, happy to go through. Happy with the performance. Enlighten us. What do you make of it? Well, it was the good and the bad of Spurs, to be honest with you. And I'm happy with the, the, the fact that we're through because I want to go for these Cups this season. I don't want to hear any, uh, anyone say anything else. We are so desperate and devoid of success. We need a trophy. And if it comes in the form of the League Cup, I'll be over the moon, to be honest with you. But in the game, I mean, we started well. I mean, let's get some perspective here. Wolves made a lot more changes than us and we did go pretty strong. Uh, we could have been 3 or 4 nil up. But the, the worrying thing for me about this side at the moment is as soon as we face a bit of in-game adversity, if we go a goal down or there's a bit of pressure against us, it, that sort of shaky patch turns horrible. And only Spurs could be tuning up in a cup game and, and end up drawing to all. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying only Spurs, but it's just, it's so obvious at times, Rick. And, and, and everyone in the fan base will tell you, you just knew there, there were people on Twitter saying, when we were tuning up, you, you know this is going to win to all or they're going to win 3-2. And, and that is what we have to sort out. Unfortunately, there's not enough character in this team at the moment to, to ride out the poor moments in games. Um, and conceding from another corner is just poor. But again, there were moments in the game where we created a lot of chances. Kane is the sitter, a header from a song cross. Brian Gill possibly could have done better with his chance as well. We probably could have scored five games during the, the, the goals during the game. And I can't remember saying that all season as a Spurs fan. So that is the positive I'll take. But the negatives are still there, which are exactly what I said. Um, when we're under the cosh, we, we will. And that has to change. It has to. I mean, there was a time frame as well that we know Spurs, I think we were like a barren run of not winning the penalty shootout for about 10 years. So to win 
two in the case of a couple of seasons. I think, I mean, I totally agree with you that there still needs to be, I think you've heard me say this before, there's a real lack of leadership generally across the squad. And I think that's why one of the reasons, one of the key reasons why the appointment of Mourinho just never worked. I think he relies on men being men, those either stepping up. And I think for Spurs generally, they're still, as I agree with you on this point, still to really find their way in terms of that aspect of the club. And whether they do or not, it's another question. Whether they pay that money to bring in those leaders um, remains to be seen. But um, let's come next to you, Jace, because uh, we've got a load of questions in here. We'll take, uh, this is more of a statement from Nathan Lumber, who says, excellent first 20 minutes, then allowed Walls into the game, scared of Adama for 10 minutes when he came on, got back in control of it and had chances to win the game. They're also not doing enough for me in the position he's playing. Um, Jace, overall, would it have been an injustice, Jace, had we gone out of the cup? Or would it have been, yeah, one of those games if we hadn't gone through? I thought over the over the 90 minutes, it was probably the right result. Uh, they could have nicked it right at the death when when the uh, when the shot landed on the, was it just clipped the top of the crossbar? Um, but then Kane, the, the save that Ruddy made from Kane's header was, was, was ridiculous, wasn't it? So, you know, I think probably over the 90 minutes, the 2-2 two, two was the right reflection. Uh, Tongi, you know, you, you message me straight away and, and Tongi's a baller when he scores and then I message you straight away and say, there you go, that's that's why. And and that <laughs> kind of sums up, up the game, doesn't it? Tongi's performance kind of sums up the game. Good in patches, mm. yeah. dreadful in others. Mm. Um, you know, there was probably, again, I thought less question marks about Nuno tonight. I think, you know, the wasn't wasn't all you know. There's not not too many. Hopefully on his back tonight. We try to play on the front foot. We get ourselves two goals up. So, you know, from that side of the things, it's good. But but the boys are right. As soon as we come under pressure, we crack. And um, you know, it was Delhi Saturday from a corner. It's Tongi tonight from a corner. And I don't know what I don't know what a coach can. You can only pick certain players, and they have to do the jobs they're given. I'm sure Nuno doesn't tell people to defend like that. So. We've got to find a way to absorb a little bit of pressure. Uh, it's like watching England's batting collapse as soon as there's, there's pressure on, when you have the two cricketers on. Whenever there's a, a situation England have to bat in, they collapse. So it's it's a little bit like that. But the main thing is the cup tie, we're through. We've got to buy into the quarterfinals because Burnley are... Burnley's one of those tough places to go, despite the fact oh, they haven't won at home for 14 I games. I haven't told you that. I so, you uh, that. And I thought our, our fate was sealed tonight when, when Traore come on, because I felt incredibly mm. more confident the moment he stepped on the pitch. And, uh, and there again, you know, doesn't even take a penalty, did he, Traore? So there you go. Well, I do, I do think, Jace, at one point, I mean, our defence looked terrified with him for the first 10 minutes and maybe woke no. up the fact that maybe the finishing weren't great. I know you'll disagree with that. Leon, pleasure to have you back on. And Mark on the screen there says a summary for him. The team playing some of their best football so far, but still almost chucked it away. And we've got a question here from Omar Gunnarsson who says, from Palace to Chelsea to Wolves, are we showing progress? What do you think, Leon? I think we are on those three games. I think obviously, you know, you're starting at zero given how dire the Palace game was. So there's not, you know, anything on that as an improvement. I think the Chelsea game, obviously, you know, the first half was, was very positive and then we dropped off and, and, you know, we didn't get a result we needed there and we looked, we looked poor in the second half. Tonight, uh, I think we were, we were, we were more, uh, more direct, a bit more incisive, uh, and there were moments where um, you know we, we look pretty positive. So if you're looking at progress, yes, I think progress is there, 
whether that is Nuno settling into the style of play that he wants to he wants to implement, whether that is the players getting fitter, um, or whether it's just the players getting used to to one another under this under this new style, uh, albeit it's not too different from, uh, from from what it was last season. But you know, I think we are making progress. Obviously, Sunday's a a, a different kettle of fish, and that will be the true the true sort of test of, of whether Nuno is going in the right direction of, or not. Um, but progress, yeah, I think the answer to that is yes. Yeah, and I mean, we'll jump straight into it. Let's come to the, the line-up ahead of the game because um, it was a, a mixed 11. I think there was some concerns that would Spurs, you know, go with a, a very weakened side or would they go with one that, you know, has got enough quality in it to enable them to go through. So, Frank, ahead of the game, we saw Nuno name quite a fairly strong team. Um, in that, we saw some fresh legs. Of course, we saw uh, the central defensive pairing of Davison Sanchez and summer signing Christian Romero at United. Um Obviously, and then they had these Atlanta colleague for Romero and Gallini in goal once again. We had Tanganga back from suspension, playing at right back. Obviously, of course, both Lucas Moura, Steven Bergwijn remain out for injury. Uh, as things stand, I think, ahead of Arsenal, that could also still be the case. We're still waiting for news on that. Obviously, uh, as we recall, there's still uh, Nuno's press conference ongoing. So if we hear anything in terms of that, we shall let you know. Um, Tungi and Dombele and Giovanni Celso continued their build-up to fitness levels and both started against Wolves with Harry Kane up front. Hummin Son on the bench. Frank, was that what you was roughly expecting? Was that stronger than what you was expecting? Um, I think he had to go strong because if he'd lost tonight, he would have been under huge pressure um, after back-to-back 3-0 defeat. So I think he, he had to. And we haven't actually got another centre-forward. So Harry Kane, by default, has to play. This is the problem. But, well, it's not a problem, but it, it is what it is. So it, it was strong. I expected him to go pretty strong. Um, ironically... With all the big money signings on, like Gio Lo Celso and Tangy Donbelli, the standout performers for me were the kids, Tanganga, Skip, Brian Hill. Um, they all looked like they had more fight and passion than, than a lot of the performances we've, we've seen from more senior players this season. I really like the look of Brian Gill. Um, I think he's going to be an absolute player for Spurs. Uh, Ollie Skip was brilliant. He was assured uh, on the ball. He was comfortable, strong in the tackle. We crunched trial Ray, didn't he, near the end there, or sliding tackle. Uh, and even Brian Gill crunched Rory a couple of times. Yeah. And that's not his, his main attribute. But a couple of early slide challenges, letting him know he was there. But on, on the ball, he's got so much ability, so comfy. Mm. Um, and Tanganga, I think, is turning into a bit of a rock. Uh, he's a beast for us. So there were some good performances from, from the youngsters. And unfortunately, Gio Lo Celso, for me, I've had enough of him. I'll be very candid about that. I, don't, I do not know what his best position is. I don't know what he offers his team. He doesn't bring goals or assists. Um, he doesn't even keep the football. He's not even that tidy. Uh, very, very disappointing for me. Um, other positives in that team. Sanchez had a good first half, but we, we saw a few mistakes in the second half. Um, Tangy Donbelli. I don't know what to say anymore. Uh, off air, I was actually saying to Jason. For me, I, I don't know what to do with Tangy Donbelli because I, I feel this fan base, this is my opinion, mm. they, we are so desperate for a talented midfielder that he's going to score goals and create. And I think we we want Tangy to do well, but we are ignoring the facts. I know he is talent-wise the best midfielder we've got by a mile, but he never seems fit, ever. He can't last 90 minutes at the moment. And, and we saw exactly what he's about. Brilliant going forward. He's, he's, he's got magic in his boots. But on the other hand, he's a complete liability at times. 
And I mm. think Jason, he'll probably t- say this in a minute anyway, told me before. Wait, he's, he's beaming right now, Frank. Look at that smile. Oh. He, he, you're literally, I think you're literally scripted him. It's morphed into Jason. <laughs> but, but, it's, Jason. but it's true. It's, it's true. I mean, yeah. a, a lot of players you'll see on Twitter, I, I mm. think it's more through want because we spent so much money on him and he's got ability. The Spurs fans want him to do well. And I think that want misconstrues what they're actually seeing. Because he's got all the talent in the world, but the hardest part in football is obviously the, the ability to make it as a footballer. But the, the easiest part should be getting yourself match fit for 90 minutes. He's had no international football in the summer. He's had a summer off. He's had, he, he should have been doing double sessions with a personal trainer. I, whatever it takes to, to get yep. himself match fit for no, 90 minutes, fair. play tw- twice a week. Yep. So that is so frustrating because obviously he's got ability. He, if you've got eyes, you can see that. But the ability sometimes is a liability. So, again, positive performances from certain individuals. I think on Sunday, um, some of them youngsters have got to start. Skip, I think, has to start. Brian Hill, I'll probably give him a start as well with Bergman and Lucas are out. Mm. And Tanganga, for me, has got to come back in the team as well. Yeah. We are going to come on to the, the good and bad of Tungy. Um, Jace, let's come to you. Let's start with the good side. Um, of course, I'm going to start with the good side. I'm not starting with the bad side where you have Tungy and Ndombele. Um, it, to put Spurs one up, it was you know a, a sheer piece of brilliance, really, from Ndombele. It was all about being strong in the tackle. And it actually started from Skip, who had a big 50-50 in the middle. And then that allowed the Frenchman to kind of chase down an overhit touch, ran through, turning son and stroked it out home. And at one point, you know, going one up like that... Um, that's the great side we wanted of Ndombele. And I know you've said this a lot of times, Jace, because um, obviously I know people can kind of highlight and pick out parts what you say. But that's what we love about Ndombele. And it's whether we could just see that consistently, game by game, and over the course of 90 minutes, right? Well, uh, well as Frank says, I think everyone's desperate for him to do well. And people might be surprised. I'm desperate for him to do well. That's, that's why he frustrates me so much, because of that. The good thing about the goal was actually that he, he's pressing that he was, he was hungry enough and he pressed high enough and got there quick enough to take advantage of the mistake. And so there's a, there's a plus point. Once, once he got past that first challenge, I'm not surprised he dumped the defender on his backside and, and tucked it away because we know that's in him. Um, so from that point of view, it's the good things. But Frank's right. We're, we're all desperate for that to, to be seen for a lot more than, than we see it and, and a lot more you know, not a lot more during the game and then a lot more games in a row. So, I mean, as I said, you, you sent me the message, Tongi and... Uh, oh, you both were you know, I'm, well. I'm thinking, here we you go, is the, is the, well. the Bayern Munich Ballon d'Or winner. But, um, but there was always, that convers- he's not going to win the Ballon d'Or. Did you see that conversation after that goal winning, though, the other way? I didn't come back after that. No, no, no you went quiet then, didn't you? But uh, don't worry, mate. But uh, you said it was yeah. Nuno's Aston Villa moment, didn't you? I did, I did. Massively carried but, away. But no, I mean, from the, the positives of it, as I say, the, the big positive wasn't so much the finish. It was that he was on hand to take advantage of the mistake, high enough up the pitch press him with a little bit of desire. And that's what mm. you've got to see from him a lot more often than we do. Yeah. We are, we are going to come to the bad side of him shortly, but just to keep on the good side of him, Leon, coming around to you, um, that was some finish, wasn't it? You know, it was a lovely bit of lovely bit of skill, but it all started from what Frank said earlier. Ollie Skip, I thought, was really, really impressive. Um, I think even that Chelsea game, which we won't want to touch upon just because of the nature of the result, I think he did, when he come on, add a sense of calmness to the game and allowed Spurs to kind of almost start building again. And again, he was really pivotal in that opening goal. Um, just how impressed was you with Ndombele for that moment alone, Leon, if we can talk about just that moment alone? 
And Dombele, yeah, look, I thought he... There's so much you can say about him. We could do the whole podcast on, on Dombele. And, and look, he, he, that goal alone was, was, was brilliant. I thought, I thought it was a great piece of, uh, of skill and technique to, to actually put it in the back of the net was, was, you know, was great to see from him as well. Going forward, he offers us something different, which is he can move the ball further up the pitch quicker than most other of the midfielders that we've got because he takes it, he runs with it, he dribbles with it, and he, you know, he does a back hill and, and keeps it nine times out of ten. But he loses it, and as, as Frank says, you know that ability then transitions into liability. Um, but we have to find a way of making him work because we spent a lot of money on him. He's clearly got talent there. My biggest fear is that we will eventually sell him, and he'll become you know the best player in the world because he's got that in his locker. He just needs the right people. To, <laughs> Frank, Frank shaking his head. Uh, sounds like J- Jason shaking his head. But um, he's been yeah, think... for the last two years, Leon. He won't have it. He will not have that. Uh, I'm the same as you. I think he will go on to become a really good player elsewhere. But yeah. it's, it's you know it, it, that would be my, my biggest fear with him. I think I think he's 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 got something there. We we need to utilise it, and um, I think it's a mindset issue. I think it's a mindset issue. Um, it, it, it's not and and physical because he's not in shape and he should be fitter. Um, but um, I'd just be I'd be sad if we can't get enough out. If we can't get the most out of him because um, there's there's talent in him. There's talent in him. There certainly is. And then very much straight after Spurs actually went 2-0 up and it was that old combo of Delhi and Kane linking up. It was a lovely through ball actually from Delhi, which took, Kane took in his stride, finished it, fired it home on the run. Um, and it was kind of a reminder of just Kane's finishing from old. Frank, that must do Kane the world of confidence. Was you ever in doubt him going through there? He was going to score? No. Um, anyone who doubts Harry Kane is a fool. Um, he's playing in a team in transition at the moment um, that's not on the top of his game. So it has been a bit difficult for him, obviously, after the summer. There was obviously a hangover from what happened. But he will come good. He will score goals this season. Um, Deli Ali, it was good to see him. First time pass. It was much better from him. Um, he made a great cross as well to Brian Hill in the second half, uh, which he probably should have done better with. But barring those two moments with Delhi. He's still struggling, and I just think he's playing on the right side of a three-man midfield, more box-to-box. Um, it's not not his game. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I've said this to anyone that will listen. I say it, to, say it all the time. I personally think Deli Ali possibly needs a move away from Tottenham to, to reinvigorate himself and reignite his career. I just There's still a lot missing at the moment to his game. Um, I'm hoping he takes the positives from tonight. Obviously, that's his first assist of the season. Am I right? Or his first assist in, in a very right. long time. Yeah, you are right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the old link-up of, of, of him and Kane, but we're just playing him out of position. And unfortunately, the, the balance of Delhi and Tangy Dombelli in the same three-man midfield in the Premier League, it, it's not going to work. So, they, they, something's got to give there. Um, I probably, going against what I said earlier, my three-man midfield, I've said this on the weekend for Arsenal, would be Skip, Hoiberg and Tangy. That, that's who I would start with. Right, but okay. yeah. I would, I would over Delhi. I just, it's, I, I don't, think Delhi's going to get back to the player he was at Tottenham. I just can't see it. Um, obviously, it's positive to see him back in the, the mix with the assists and, and an assist to Kane. But yeah. there's so many holes in his game at the moment. I mean, for the 90 minutes, we all watched the game, didn't we? If he wasn't at it. He missed a lot of passes. He had a couple of moments, mm. but moments are not good enough for, for 90 minutes. We keep talking about players at Tottenham, particularly this season. Oh, he played well for 45 minutes. Oh, he he done this in, in that moment. The game lasts 90 minutes. And... Yeah. These players that we're mentioning, they're not at it for 90 minutes. So 
I would take the positive of an assist, but it was for me, it wasn't a great performance from Deli Ali tonight. Um, yeah. better yeah. from Kane, better yeah. from Kane. Do you think as well, Kane to me tonight was told, particularly in the first half, to stay further up the pitch? That was 100%. definitely an instruction yeah. from Luno. Play more as a nine, not don't drift away, don't come as deep. I mean, he, when he gets frustrated, naturally he's going to mm. come a bit deeper, but yeah. we, that's what we need from him. We need him at the top end of the pitch doing what he does best. Totally agree. I, I just want to pick up there on, on Frank's point, Jace, coming over to you. I mean, Delhi. In this game again, I think, it was a, to be fair, Frank Wheat says there, he was definitely a bit rusty to start with, but he, he shook it off with that lovely pinpoint through ball and Kane took it in his stride to score. And many will see that, Jason, as again, another really hard working display as he tried to connect the midfield to attack and he played a great ball across the six yard box with the sliding gill denied by the keeper. But again, like Frank, others will just again look at Delhi's game and be again unsure as to what is he actually bringing to the team. Now, he is learning a new role. And I've said before that I don't think that this formation actually suits Delhi's game. I think I actually agree with Frank that when you look at our midfielders, I think this is his position, I think would be replaced by Ndombele if he could do 90 minutes, which I know is, again, as we've said, as Leon said, we could do a podcast on Ndombele in general. But does Delhi stay in that position, Jace, for you over the course of the season? Is it too early to say at the moment? It's difficult. I kind of think if, if we're going to play four three three, and if you play four three three, the two the, the two of the three up front aren't really wingers, are they? They're, they're players that can cut in. Maybe he has to be in that that role so that he can be closer to to Son and Kane, and you can you can try and interchange that way. But I kind of it, it's um, the whole conundrum is in midfield, isn't it? That that if we're going to try and look a solid midfield, then Ali has to come back and do the work because we know Tongi and Gio can't do it. And then you're taking him from his strongest area. And then if we think, right, we'll push Delhi up front, we get exposed in midfield because we're outnumbered in midfield. So mm. you leave Tongi out and you bring in Winks and you end up with Winks, Skip and Hoiberg and then we say there's not creativity. So we, we can't get that balance of creativity and defensive awareness in that midfield three. It doesn't matter which which combinations it's done. No combination of that three seems to work at the moment. So until we get that right, I don't know what we do. I mean, Frank's right. We talked off air and we we said he kind of needs that kind of needs the, the Jesse Lingard move that he got to West Ham to just reinvigorate him type of thing and, and get him going again. And I think it happened, didn't it, with with Ross Barkley when he went to Villa in the second half of that season yep. as well, yep. so, something like that. But mm. but there's still the sentiment in here. And I know I'm really tough on Tongi. I know I'm tough on Gio. But there's the sentiment in Delhi because we know what we have seen Delhi come up in decisive moments for Tottenham. And yes, they're, they're a long time ago. But we with Tongi and with Gio's and people, we're thinking, when will it happen? But with at least Delhi, we know it's happened. So there's always that bit of sentiment in Delhi. I think he has to be further up the pitch. To I feel a little bit sorry for him at the moment because he gets criticised for the goals and assists. We judge him on the old player without thinking he's in a new role and he's not that player anymore or he's not allowed to be that player. But he's got to do more as the season goes on. I don't know where we'll be, but I don't think Delhi suits being one of the, the genuine midfield three. I think you've got to get him higher up the pitch where he, he takes advantage of his goal-scoring abilities, because those goal-scoring abilities he's got, for sure. And where it's a side that's lacking goals, apart from Son and Kane, I mean, Delhi's more likely to score for me than Moore or Bergvine. So we've got to get him in those advanced areas more often mm. than we do. 
Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, Delhi, we, we talk about us, we talk about all the players in every single show. Delhi's definitely the one that just causes uh, so much diversity, I think, amongst the, amongst, I'll say, the comments and stuff like that. So thanks very much, guys, for getting those in. I'll say we'll keep sharing those on the screen. Um, Leon, want to pick up on what I was discussing with Frank a bit earlier? That's Harry Kane, back on the goal, goal trail tonight. He took Ali's pass superbly in his stride and comfortably fired home into the bottom corner. I think as Frank also picked up on. He was a lot more involved than in previous games, you know, this evening. Was playing a lot more of that kind of, you know, central figure up front. Clearly, as we've said there, being told not to drift to the left. Um, he tested ready with a shot also on the turn and point blank header midway through the second half. Tucked away his penalty with usual expertise in the shootout. Is that more like the Harry Kane we're used to, Leon? Are we overanalyzing Kane at the moment because of the nature of Spurs' performances? Well, not just because of the nature of Spurs' performances, Ricky, because of what happened over, over the summer with with yeah. Kane. I think I think you know we're looking trying, at trying to avoid it. that. But agree, agree. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to bring it up, but um, I, th- I think I think that's why we're overanalyzing him because you know we're trying to think: does he still want to be here? Is he still giving his all for the shirt and all the rest of it that comes with what with what happened over the summer? So um, he's been poor the past few games in, in the in that I've seen him in um, in, in the league. I think at Chelsea he, he was he was pretty non-existent to be honest, and, and, and just just was absent. Um, yeah, tonight, great. He he got his goal, um, could have had a couple, could have had a hat-trick, um, great penalty, as you say. So I think it was more of the Harry Kane that we, that we know. Let's not forget, he's always a slow starter to seasons as well. You know, he, he always um, takes a few games to find his groove, even for England. I know he scored in, in England games, but it was against um, fairly ropey opposition. But, but you know, he, he still missed a few opportunities there as well, which was quite uncharacteristic. So, Clearly takes takes some getting used to um, to the rhythm of the season, I think, Kane. And, and I I sincerely hope that this now puts him on a path to to goal scoring, to prolific goal scoring that we know he can do. Because I think without that, without Kane at his very best, then it's a difficult season ahead. But with Kane at his very best, then then you know we, we, we've got we've got a chance. So um, yeah, I think I think I think he's uh, he's on he's on a good he's on a good run from this game, and let's hope he continues it um, North London derby and, and beyond. Yeah, can I, I just, can I just say, I Rick, can I just mm. say, I think in fairness to, to Kane, you know, people are talking about the hangover he's had from the <laughs> summer, but at some stage we've got to move on from it so that when he's poor, all the supporters are hankering back to what happened in the summer. So we're saying to Kane, you can't be sulking about what didn't happen, but we're still talking about what didn't happen in the summer. So he's got to move on from it. And we've got to move on from it. And if he has a bad game, we can't be saying all the time it's because it didn't get his move in the summer. We've got to drop it as well. Get behind the player. And yeah. then let, let's go from there. But yeah. his goal no. tonight, you know, from when he went through, yeah. before he hit it, I just his very first touch, I thought, mm. he'll score. He's scoring yeah. here. And he just drilled it as clinical as anything, wasn't it? Clinical mm. as anything. I think it's really important that as well. Going into North London derby, you look at his record against Arsenal. I think that's really, really important for him to get on that goal, goal scoring sheet tonight. Really, really do. Um, typically, 2-0 up, Spurs cruising. Um, what do we do, Frank? We always shoot ourselves in the foot, right? Wolves, at this point, being 2 up, they showed no real intent or any real pressure on Spurs to get back into the game. But suddenly, as it is with Tottenham, a set piece. And, you know, we, we switch off from a corner, as we've done so many times already this season. It must be tearing Nuno's hair out. I actually caught a bit of the press conference before we came on in. That's one of the things that he's really frustrated at in terms of Spurs switching off from set pieces. And again, then Donka got around and Dombele. I think at one point when that corner came over, I think he was trying to back heel. And I, I really can't defend that. As much as, much as I've tried to defend it to Jason over the course of the last two and a half years, I, I can't defend uh, that marking from a corner. Free header. Um, put it past Galini and suddenly walks back in a game, Frank, where really they weren't even threatened up until that point. 
Well, firstly, I would not have Ndombele anywhere near the defensive areas of set pieces. No, I would not have him in our box. You know, there's no point. Unless he's going to mark a certain area, unless we put players on post, which we don't, because it's just completely valueless. But I think you always politely remind us, Rick, after we concede a set piece or an individual error goal, I think that the percentage of those goals we've conceded now for two or three years is in the 80%. It's insane. Um, yeah, it's quite a frightening stat. It's, it's a character problem. It's a mentality problem. And, and again, I said it at the beginning of the show. My biggest concern with this team, I mean, we've lowered the average age of the squad um, as part of this clear out and rebuild we're doing. And unfortunately, with youngsters, you get lack of characters and leaders or, or less characters and leaders in your team. And unfortunately, when the tide turns with Spurs, we could be on top. We could be playing great football. We were so positive the opening tonight. But as soon as one of those mistakes happens, it, it's a massive shift. It's not just a slight shift. All of a sudden, we turn into a completely different team. Um, it happened at the, the last days of Poch. It happened under Jose. We take the lead and then we start dropping back and dropping back um, when, when we're under pressure, let alone conceding a goal. And that has to change. Um, the only way that changes, in my opinion, is to sign a bit more experience or, or better characters or leaders i.e. players in their prime, winners who have possibly been there and done it, but we don't sign those sorts of players. So, unfortunately, the side have got to learn. We have to learn. It's been going on for too long now, and this cannot continue into the Premier League season because it is a common theme amongst Tottenham. Spursy, that DNA, we all know it. Every Spurs fan who's watched Spurs for the amount of years that we've watched them knows that is unfortunately in our DNA. We, we sort of got rid of that under Pochettino, for a period of time when we were, to a degree, very successful for, for mm. where we've been in the last 20 years. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's it's crept back in. And I don't know how Nuno's going to address it for, between now and January or next summer, when obviously more players come in. But that is my biggest worry for this team. And, and going into Sunday, if we do go an early goal down against Arsenal with our record there, and obviously with this that's been happening, um, it's a major concern, Rick. Yeah, no, it is. I think generally, and you picked up on it there, Frank, that... This isn't a new thing with Spurs considering the set pieces. This has been a regular occurrence. You go back, Pochettino, Mourinho, Mason, now obviously Nuno. And I think every manager's probably tried a different tactic. But, I mean, to be fair, I know Nuno has not had long to work with the squad. Um, but in general, how hard is it to get players to concentrate from a set piece? I just It is baffling just the amount of time Spurs are caught out in possession. And you just think, you know, generally... Um, Nuno has actually already said this, you know, over the course of those first few wins where um, many of us were thinking, you know, it's a decent start. I know there's been questions about the start of football. And of course, I think the jury's still out on Nuno to some degree. And um, But to be fair, Nuno has always kept his feet on the ground, saying there's a lot more work to do. So I do think, Frank, that he's fully aware that these errors are in there. Whether he's the man to get it out of them, I mean, that obviously remains to be seen. Um, but it we, is we, I'm sorry to interrupt there, but you, you can start with, again, not putting Ndombele in our box, marking Dendonka or anyone from a corner. That mm. is just so obvious. He's not going to jump. He's not going to jump. He's not going to win a header in the, in the defensive area in our box. He's not. Mm. So I, I think, obviously, he's learning. He's learning about his players. No, no, he hasn't been here that long, let's be totally honest. But that, for me, if yeah. I know that, and we all know that, you can ask any Tottenham fan, again, who watches the team week in, week out, would you put Tangy Dombelli on the underbelly marking from a corner, particularly anyone over six foot, and you would just yeah. say no? So that is well, a man, we, that's we, man, it's down to the we, manager. We've said it, we said it off air. I, I googled it. Then Dombele, five foot nine, then Donka six foot one. I mean, yeah, you know, it doesn't, you, you don't have to be a genius to work that out. 
Yeah, it's quite frightening actually how that how that has come about during the game. Uh, what I do like, Frank, is you, you know you said about they'll be learning. I think Nuno, since he's come to the club, that beard is getting longer and it's getting greyer. So right. I definitely think he's learning, you know, more about his squad. It might finish him by the time um, when you look when you do a comparison between him and Nathan Redmond. That, by the end of the season, I like that. Like, I've seen that. That's brilliant. I'm not that sure picture. if it'll be, it'll be finished by then, but um, we if are going to. I was just, well, just going to. I mean, in fairness to Nuno, he learned not to put Delhi in that position from a corner. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, yeah, that's the knock-on yeah. effect, isn't it? So you can't have Delhi there. Kane's, as we said earlier, Kane's, Kane's always on the edge of that six-yard box for that first touch. You've got Bolly and Cody. Was, Cody was on by then, wasn't he? So you're thinking, right, Sanchez and Romero have got to pick up Bolly and Cody. And you're starting to go through them. And then you're thinking, well, I don't want Tanganga to be outside the box to mark that run in. So he's going to be another one. And then you're left with, right, so who's it going to be? Is it going to be Delhi? Is it going to be La Celso? Is it going to be Ndombele? And, you know, whichever one of those three you pick, you're, you're hoping the bloke wins his header and puts it over the bar, aren't you? It's I mean, my, the, the two yeah. headers have gone straight in our net. Michael says, give it six weeks and we have, we have no one in the box. We'll all be outside well, the box. There, 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 there you go. <laughs> we do miss Eric Dyer as well when he doesn't play on set pieces because he's probably our best in the air. He's a talker as well, Frank. I mean, I know that with Dyer, I know we, we do discuss with Dyer as well, that he has got um, a moment of erratic nature in his game. And unfortunately, I still think that's in his game. But he's one of the talkers on the pitch. Um, but I, I definitely agree that not having Dyer in the box, um, listen, for some, they might be delighted. But I do think on these situations, it isn't a great thing. But um, for our listeners on audio, we are going to go for a very quick break. Taking you into this break, we're going to hear from Nuno Espirito Santo, who gives his thoughts to Spurs advancing in the next round of the Carabao Cup. Nuno, congratulations. We're through in the Carabao Cup. What were your thoughts on the game tonight? Mm, emotional. I think it was a good game. Well, well played. We started very well, playing really nice, really nice. I think we scored two beautiful goals. We had clear chances. Um, and then a set piece against something that we really need to, to work on and improve. We cannot repeat the same mistakes over again to learn and to grow. It's, we cannot, must avoid and minimize these mistakes because that's what makes the game harder. Because honestly, the way we were controlling the game, um, we didn't allow anything until the, that we conceded. Then, again, we, we lost a bit of it to control. In the second half, we started strong. We had chances to, to, to score, but to offset home is it's tough. Um, and we have to, to defend it. And then, finally, the, the penalties. But penalties is not luck. Penalties, we have to work. And the boys really practice, and they did it very well, and Colini was good. After they got their equaliser for two all, how important was it that we stayed strong? They've got the home crowd behind them. It's important to stay level and get. To yeah, the we stayed. We stayed, and I think uh, I think John really made an amazing save with the header of Harry. I'm still wondering how could he do it when we had chances and chances, but we stayed strong. Uh, like you said, at home at Molino, it's always well stuff. Finally, how proud are you of the boys to come through the shootout? A save from Pierre and some good penalties there as well from us. Yeah, that's what I mentioned to you. It's not luck. We have to prepare. Now we go for the next next round. And again, we know that it's going to be penalties. It's part of the game, so we have to work on. And uh, of course, we had uh, the input of, uh, of Barbosa uh, on the go on the penalties, give the, give the info to, 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 to Olini. That helps. Congratulations. Thank you, you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Pierre-Luigi Golini is with us here at Molyneux. Pierre, congratulations on the win tonight on penalties. What were your thoughts on the way the game panned out? Uh, thank you, first of all. And uh, I thought it was a good game, tough. Uh, the first half, I think we, we played very well. We played a very good football. Uh, 
we defended well as well. Uh, we were aggressive, and um, I really like uh, the way we played in the first half. The second half, uh, oh, they, they got the goal from uh, from a set pieces, and the second half they were like trying to to come back. And uh, I think it was a uh, was more like a tough game in the second half. It was a uh, a little bit like uh, less technical and tactical, and it was more like a just tough game. And um, it was a hard game as well. You know, they they tried to attack, then we attack. We had our chances. They had the they had the ball. They tried to obviously to win the game, and uh, it was a good battle. And then at the end, uh, we were very good uh, in the penalties. Obviously, talking of the penalties, the first one, you, very unlucky there. You looked yeah. like you were gutted not to save that one. Yeah, I was. I was angry with myself. I say, yeah, yeah I gotta save another one because if we lose because I don't save that one, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna regret it so much. So I, I know. I, I know it was going there, I felt it and uh, I was right, but I, I couldn't save it, I had to save it and uh, I thought I have to save at least another one, So, but my teammates there were like, they shoot perfect, very good and uh, we are very happy to, to go to the next round. Our players scored some good penalties as well today. Yeah, the guys, uh, obviously uh, Pierre, Pierre made a mistake, but that's okay, the other ones uh, were like very, very good pens. Uh, I think all of them, like uh, Harry, Reggie and uh, Brian, they shoot like perfect penalties and uh, it's very good. Yesterday we tried and uh, the guys were, were on fire yesterday, yesterday and they were to the end of the game as well. You could see away to your left, the Spurs fans, they were brilliant tonight. Did they help you through that shootout? Yeah, of course, of course. It's always, it's always uh, amazing and nice, you know, when, you, when you're away and you see your, your fans there and uh, there were so many. Um, I remember the, the first time I played here was uh, last time when we played in Premier League and uh, there was lots of them and uh, tonight, uh, you know, it's a cup game, but anyway, it was like uh, full and very full of Spurs fans and uh, it's always beautiful to see them coming like with us away and uh, we can only thank them for that. Them singing through the shootout as well, really lifting everybody up, yeah. that was really important. Yeah, yeah, of course, you know, when, when you have um, your supporter behind behind us that uh, they, they push us, it's always like, uh, it always helps us, so they know they... They have to know they are very important, and uh, when we play at home, when we play away, for them is always for, for us is always important to to feel them. Well done, Pierre. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We're going to pick up with the equaliser for Wolves. Now there was no changes at half time um, for Spurs, but on came Jason's favourite Wolves player, Adama Traore. Um, he came onto the field and saw two successful starting tackles on him, both from the brilliant Brian Hill. A superb crunching tackle, which Frank picked up early on from Ollie Skip, who really did halt. Uh, Traore's progress, but um, the start of the whole actually Wolves wanted a penalty. Uh, he Chan Hawain went down in the box, all came from Sanchez trying to out muscle Kijana, however, getting it all wrong again. Referee waved it away on another day, maybe that would have been a decision for the referee to make. But um, Wolves' is equaliser, I mean, Jace, let's, let's come to you to start it because um, Dombele tackled in his own half, uh, they, they break forward and Podence fires past Galini. But if you really analyze that goal itself. You know, I think Romero could have done better. Um, and Dombele just ball watching. I just, you know, for anything good about Dombele, this is the bad part of him, right? And I've been nice so far, but you can't lose the ball there. And it might be harsh on Romero. I thought he could have done better as well, Jace. What do you reckon? I'll let the other two boys talk about Tongi's defending because, you know, I pile into him all the time and everyone knows. Well, so, should, OK, should, yeah, Romero, Romero, should Romero have done better for you on that one? Yeah, Romero could have done better for sure. But, um, and losing the ball there... You kind of hope that no, they're not straight in at our back four as well. That this is this is the problem, I suppose. When when Tongi's in that in that that's what I mean. If Tongi's in that team, you 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 definitely need the two defensive-minded players behind him to give yourself more chance 
to, to cover his inadequacies. Uh, and you see the inadequate, when he loses it there, they're straight through at us. And that's, that's going to be a problem when Tongi's playing in midfield. So, but let the other two boys talk about Tongi because I'm not going to pile in on him too much tonight because I'm done you to death with him, mate. You don't really turn up the opportunity to. I'm surprised. No, no, I'll, I'll leave, leave the other two. But yeah, Romero could have done better as well. Yeah. Frank, um, I know you've already discussed Ndombele at length, but just to touch upon that for you, um, I mean, pickpocketed, as I said, spending way too long on the ball. I mean, is it a case that we just, you know, we, we don't allow him to be on the ball for that long? Is that, a, is that again, a lack of fitness for you? Is that just a lack of concentration? He's, uh, he's done that a few times, I mean, over the course of the season, hasn't he, and Dombele, and also previous ones where he just dwells too long on the ball. Great at times with it, but he's got to learn to release it quicker, surely. Possibly it's a fitness issue, because when your fitness goes, your touch goes and your concentration goes. But the, 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 the positives of Tanky is obviously the risks he takes and, and what he can do with the ball. Um, Bruno Fernandes for Manchester United, he gives the ball away a lot, but he plays in a higher position than Tangy. So the, the sort of Tangy conundrum out, I would not have him operating in them areas of the pitch. I would have him up further up the pitch, trying to create and where he can afford to give the ball away and obviously play him in with a skip and a Hoiberg. That, that would be my personal um, selection choice if I was Nuno. But yeah, what is he doing there? Big error. Undone all his good work in the first half. You know, Spurs Twitter was so happy that Tangy had that half and... <laughs> It's true. Obviously, we forgave him for the corner to an extent because, again, it's that's not his key attribute. I know it was a pathetic and feeble attempt, but you sort of half forgive him. But but that there was a bit unforgivable. So I I mm. personally would not have him again operate him in them areas of the pitch. Yeah. Um, if he wants to take risks, do it closer to Kane and, and the attackers. I think if his team was down to Frank, I think Ndombele would be centre forward on, on Sunday, would you reckon? <laughs> no, but you, you you can understand my point because yeah, you don't want totally, you, you need totally Frank, you yeah. need players, you need to create your players to take risk on the on the ball. Yeah. Yeah, they have and to. You also uh, need players you can trust, Frank, as well, like you picked up on. You've got players you can trust in the middle there. So you're gonna play him in that role. He can't afford to lose the ball there, can he, Frank? He just can't afford to lose the ball there. No, and mm. on his skip for all his youth, um, mm. I couldn't I couldn't see him dwelling on the ball in that area. I mean, he, no. he played most of the game in, in front of the back four and I thought he was superb tonight. Yeah, and, you know, people are critical of, of Ollie Skip for not taking enough risks on the ball, but yeah. he doesn't really give the ball away in, in dangerous or give dangerous chances away like that. I've not seen him do it all season, personally. Yeah. So, no, that's fair. Mm. yeah, I, I, again, we, we could do multiple podcasts on, on that single player. Well, I won't do it to Jason. I won't we, do it to we, we could talk about him all night, but... He's just got to get that out of his system and yeah. um, and try and kick on. The positives with him is that's his third start, start on the bounce yeah. Yeah, in yeah. a very, yeah. very long time. So mm. And in quick succession as well, I must add. Very quick succession. Yeah. Three games to 90 week. minutes tonight. Yeah. Mm. First time Hattin in how long, Jase? Two knackered to take the penalty, but he did get quite, to 90 minutes. I think quite, quite, quite literally carried to 90 minutes. I think that's probably the term <laughs> for it. Um, Leon, let's discuss uh, Christian Romero with you quickly, if we can. Um, one early sobby pass that Sanchez bowed him out with a foul before the Argentinian made a really good clearing block in front of goal from a dead donker shot. And a good performance on the whole in the back line. I think, obviously, that second goal was Frank picked up on as well, and Jace as well. Uh, that one looked too great for him in terms of overall. But um, is it promising signs for Romero so far with you, Leon? He just needs to run a game, doesn't he? He's not really had that with, obviously, the 10 days away and what happened, of course, with Argentina and the South American lads. I, I don't think it is good for Romero. I, I think he's been looking shaky and I'm worried I'm worried about him. Um, you know, it's, it's a new league. Take time to adapt. I understand that. Um, but not only was, you know, was there an issue with, with what you mentioned with the, with the second goal, but... He gave the ball away again when the the, the never shot that hit the hit the bar. That that will come from him um, trying to do his uh, his Toby impression by by a cross 
across for a ball that didn't go anywhere and, and, and gave the ball away to the opposition. So I, I thought Romero is a player who, who, again, obviously wants to succeed in his early days. I'm not writing him off. But the games that I've seen him against fairly poor opposition, and I'm thinking, you know, back to Pacos, for example, you know, he, he didn't, he's not filling me with confidence as the kind of centre-back, the commanding centre-back that we that we all wanted. Um, let's hope that it's just a case of settling in the new league, settling with a new with a new centre-back partner, um, you know, which obviously is, is chopping and changing at the moment. So, um, you know, I, I, I hope that he... And goalkeeper, yeah, good point, Jason. Um, although he did play with Galini at Atalanta, but you know it, it's it's a new setup. So um, I, I want him to do well. I, I'm not I've not been that impressed with him. I've not been that impressed with him, um, and I'd be worried about him coming up against you know the Cristiano Ronaldo's of of, of this world um, as and when that comes. You know, against um, yeah, I, I I just fear fear for him against better opposition, and um, I, I yeah, I, I'm not that impressed with him, but. I'd be interested to see what 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 uh, what other thoughts are on, on whether he's whether he's um, he's impressed the other guys or it's just me. Yeah, Frank, let's go back to you for a second on Romero. Um, what have you made of him so far, Frank? Is it just a case that he, I mean, I've said he, he's going to need a run in games. Is that fair, or do you think so far from what you've seen, have you got calls for concern? Um, I thought he'd done all right against Chelsea. I thought him and Dyer done pretty mm. well. Uh, yeah. They weren't at fault for for much, to be honest with you. He, he turns a little bit slow at times, but I rate this boy. I mean, I was the one amongst my sort of friendship group and the people I go to Spurs with who were saying, this is mustard. This is the real deal here. I watched him in the Copa America. I watched the quarters, the semis in the final. I uh, watched him a little bit at Atlanta when they played Liverpool previously in the Champions League and a couple of matches. I think he'll come good. I think he just needs a little bit of time to get used to the pace of English football. Um, I don't know who we're going to partner him with, but what we have to do, whoever we're going to play, uh, if we're going to go two at the back in a four, four, four-man defence, we have to nail down a partnership now um, and not chop and change. And, and for him, he needs mm. a partner um, yeah. in a new league particularly. They can't keep swapping Dyer and Sanchez. But mm. I, I can understand tonight there were, there were moments, I get that, particularly the past and Evers, but I, 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 I'm sticking with Romero and, and my prediction that he'll be a top, top, top centre-back for us. Um, and I'm, I'm positive that we signed him because we did need a yeah. new young centre-half who was going to sort of stay at the next five years could be the, the lead centre-half, mm. so to speak. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with him, but obviously room for improvement. Mm. Um, Jason, come around to you. Um, he was paired tonight with Davidson Sanchez, the Colombian. He worked hard alongside Romero at the back and handled much of what came his way in the first half. Only that second half period, he did have one of those odd shoulder barges that doesn't really work and allow Wolves in for a decent attack. Um, he, to be fair, Sanchez looked shaky in the second period. I mean, we're going off to the back of what the first three games where we kept the clean sheets, of course, um, with him and Dyer. At the moment, if I was to say to you, what should, when we're going to come on to Arsenal later on, but if I was to say to you for the season at the moment, could you tell me your definitive centre-back pairing? Would you be able to nail down too confidently at the moment? No, not really. Not, not confidently. Uh, I've seen bits of Romero that, that worry me, uh, like, uh, like Leon said. Only little bits in in both those Pacos games, that uh, the first first particularly in the, in a weird way the second leg where he was wandering around all over the place at times and uh, appeared on the right wing and he seems to sometimes go out where the where you'd like your fullback to be defending and he that leaves you big holes and things but I think that's part of the the adaptation I think I said after Pacos I can see him being the cause of of a few goals between certainly between now and Christmas but that hopefully by the end of the season, we're starting to see a, a much better level from him. But 
I, could, I, I think it will be Dyer and uh, Romero. I think if you know if you've invested the forty odd million in him in the summer, I'd be surprised if he if he's not given the chance to establish himself. So I think it will probably be Dyer and and Romero. But at, at this stage, and and you know we all know with Eric Dyer that that mistake is coming at some stage, isn't it? It's it, even Eric Dyer's not. You, you, I mean to think that we're we're thinking at the moment Eric Dyer's our most solid one. When most people in the summer would have willingly sold him because. We know yeah. you don't get that solidity for a 10-day mm. run with him. Yeah. So, uh, although I thought both him and, and Romero, I thought they handled Lukaku pretty well for, for 75, 80 minutes of that game until the, until that last 10 minutes got completely stretched and, and kind of got overrun. But for, for 80 minutes, I think they kept Lukaku pretty quiet. And Lukaku's the the biggest striker they've come up against with, so or certainly the best striker they've come up against so far. Mm. So... Let's, yeah. let's um, third game on the bounce. Third game on the bounce. Lukaku has not scored against Romero, so that's mm. a positive. And yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think I think Dyer, I think Dyer and Romero will pair well. And we have to remember, let's to put it bluntly, Sanchez is the most brain dead out of the three. I'm not having the first three games of this season tell me otherwise. Uh, moments tonight, he's just got out of the three of them the most brain dead rashness in him. Those moments of I don't know what goes through his head. So mm. if we're nailing down a pair in personally, I'll go Romero and Dyer. I, I mean, I haven't seen the one thing I'd ask about Romero. I mean, Frank may have may have seen a lot more of him than I have. I don't watch Italian football, and I haven't seen that much of him for Argentina. Is he what I call? Is he a number one defender, like, well, I mean, like Harry Maguire is, or is mm. he the one that wants to? Play? And Toby for me was always the number two defender. Toby wasn't the big organizer at the back. When Jan was there, Toby played well alongside him. Is Romero yeah. going to be the number two that does still need a little bit of, of talking, or is he going to be the one that actually, in the end, does the talking? Well, the interesting thing was, and Frank, uh, you can answer this, but we saw Ali Gold actually saying after we signed Romero that Spurs were still after a transformative leader. And I'm thinking, well, we've just spent the best part of what, 50 million? Well, how much was Romero? 50 million? 50 million? 60 million? What's going to work out? To? 40. Forty-five million on him, whatever. You think if we're going to spend all that money, we still need to have a player alongside him. I mean, what do you think, Frank? Do you think we, you know, is he going to be that leader at the back, or will we need somebody else to come alongside him in the next window, possibly? Well, I think Eric Dyer is the talker and the vocal leader and the organizer mm -hmm. at the back, and I think yeah. he possibly he's the number two defender. Uh, he's physical. He likes to play on the front foot. He does like to go on their mazy runs. That's not a new thing. He does like to sort of bomb on at times, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably going to be the number two defender. You, you've got to remember as well that this is a guy that doesn't speak English and he's a young lad um, yep, coming to, to live. And, and the culture in England is so different to, to Southern European countries, Spain, Italy. That's more matched with South America, with the with the, the whole culture. It's, it's quite similar. Even in Italy, which is it's probably more similar to Spain, but even in Italy, England's a completely different culture. It's, it's culture shock for some of these players. So I don't think he's that leader um, at the moment, but possibly that will come. Um, highly rated in Argentina. Lionel Messi absolutely loves him. Um, and he was pivotal. He was their main man at centre-back in their Copa America win in the summer. Yeah. So I think once he settles, and obviously the language has got his key, um, he might develop into the leader. Yeah, I also have a good point to add, and Jason Cunnington says it on the screen. He actually did come up against Ronaldo and was still the Celia Defender of the Year last season. So, um, I mean, that's obviously a good omen as well. Um, let's come over to you, Leon, if we can. Uh, Jaffet Tanganga, 
back in the team, of course, after suspension. Dealt well with a lot that came down the right and had a chance of his own before half-time that he fired over from a tight angle. He actually fired over another effort in the second half, also some loose passing and gave away plenty of free... Well, gave... And gave away plenty of free kicks on the night, but he was replaced by Regulon, which was just before the penalties. But overall, uh, Jaffet back in the team after suspension. Um, would he be a player you keep one eye on for the weekend, or do you think Emerson potentially will come back in? How do you see that working out through the season in terms of that battle between Tanganga and Emerson for that right back spot? I think that they're two very different right backs. Um, obviously, I think Emerson offers a bit more going forward. I think Tanganga offers a bit more solidity at the back. Uh, I, I think. I really like Tanganga. I thought he had a good game tonight. Um, looked, looked fairly, fairly assured and fairly composed, and you know probably should have scored actually. Um, perhaps the angle was just slightly too tight from uh, from Kane's ball into him. But um, yeah, I think I think the two of them are probably going to get a fair bit of game time between them. Uh, em- Emerson against Chelsea wasn't wildly impressed with him. And again, you know, look, it's his first Premier League debut. I get it. It's not going to be um, a, a rocket start. But um, I think I think Tanganga, when, you, when we're sort of looking to keep things a bit tighter at the back, and I think when you've got Reggie on playing on the left as well, who, who does tend to bomb forward, um, I think it's good to have that, that solidity with Tanganga at the back. Um, if I was Nuno, I'd probably play Tanganga on on Sunday. Um, just I, I think I think making sure that we've got we've got that. Um, it's not a game for for risk taking necessarily, and uh, and keep it tight, keep it solid, and, and see what we can do. But I think uh, between him and Emerson, there'll be there'll be a fair bit of game time between the two of them until um, until Nuno figures out which way he wants to play. Um, you know, o- over the long term. Yeah, Jace. Um... Ben Davis, you know, my, uh, was it my, well, I don't call it, what, Gentle Ben? Uh, was it five out of ten then? It's gone down now. I always say six out of ten, but I'm saying five out of ten now. I've been an Arsenal bloke. I mean, I still can't believe, do you know what? There's no offence to Ben Davis. I still can't believe he's still here. You know, there's certain Basic Ben. Looking, uh, basic, basic, basic Ben, that's basic, his name. It's just basic, basic Ben. Basic Ben. I feel so awesome. You know what, you look around this dressing room, I feel like Ben has also kind of almost like merged into part of the furniture where he wasn't even looked at in the, in the summer. Almost could be overlooked. Oh, he's still, oh, he's still here. Oh, OK, he's, he's, he's part of it. Right, OK. But um, tonight he got down the left when he could mostly, but, you know, left the attacking to heel, which probably was a good thing. He actually ran a crucial interception on the 88th minute to stop a pass getting through to Traore in the box. But he defended well throughout on the night. But is this going to be his role generally, Jace? He'll get, you know, Europa Conference League. He'll get the Carabao Cup, maybe until we get more serious teams um is this what davis is yeah, but but he's been that for for most of his time hasn't he that's that's been his role and he just gets on with it um i, I still you know i still think he's better defensively than than uh than reggie on his uh and that's that's not saying much that doesn't mean to say i rate him as a defender but reggie on still worries me defensively so um but i mean you're right it was a typical ben davis performance nothing nothing major nothing I think too bad tonight. He just gets through the game. He's just that professional way of his, isn't it? Um, I mean, he's better than he's, he's a better left back than Doherty is a right back. So the, he's not the worst full back in the club, I suppose. That's not hard though, Jason. Huh? That's not hard though, mate, is it? No, no exactly. <laughs> it's not. So, and you know, Reggion's obviously the more dynamic one, and I'm not. I'm not saying Reggion isn't mm. our first choice left back, but there are times when. When I wish Reggion defended as Davis does, not necessarily as well as Davis does, because like yeah. I say, there's still a lot to to be desired. But I'd still sooner see Davis defensively than Reggion defensively. I mean, like, like Frank's picking up there as well, Jace. I mean, if <laughs> on Doherty, I mean, he can't get looking 
in the no. cup games at the moment. I mean, what does it say for him? No. I mean, the thing no. is, I think everyone thought in the summer with Nuno coming in, Doherty was going to be given this kind of second reprieve. But, but I mean, we have to remember also, Doherty was Nuno, the sold, him. Sell, Nuno sold him. So maybe he's maybe he saw this decline coming. But if if he can't get a kick in the Carabao Cup, I mean, you do wonder what the future is for for, for him. Well, he may. I suppose the only thing for Doherty, Wolves, Wolves, it, all his success was as the right wing back, wasn't it? And we've yeah. seen no signs of him really as an attacking player at Tottenham, even when we have played that system. But his 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 advantages at Wolves was as a was a ring back, and then Wolves started to switch to a back four, didn't they? In that that later on in Nuno's last season, I think the last ten or twelve games they played as a right back, and maybe Nuno saw enough to think, well, he's definitely not a right back, and if if our way at Wolves is to go with a back four, then I can't have him. Um, so I don't know with Doherty. It's uh, I think his time at Tottenham's gone. It's just, just not going to happen for him, is it? Confidence is low. Belief in him, the probably belief and respect from the side are still looking at him, thinking, "Don't quite know what you're doing here." So that's that's going to be a problem for him. But you know, yeah. it's not one or two. I mean, if he goes, none of us are going to be worried, are we? Mm. No, I mean, it's fair. I mean, Oliver Skip, we've discussed Oliver. Obviously, Joe strengthening that big 50-50 challenge in the Wolves half before passing to Ndombele in the build-up to the Frenchman's goal. He then intercepted the ball for Spurs' second goal, potentially played Ndombele to trouble for Wolves' second goal. But it was a busy presence, as Frank picked up on, in the centre of the pitch. And he put some big tackles in on Traore. So I'll be interested to see if we do consider him, um, you know, for that Arsenal game, if he will start. We're going to discuss that with the boys very shortly. But a player I want to bring it on to that Frank actually discussed earlier, and uh, we'll stick with Frank for this player, and that's Lo Celso. Um, he, he did well to beat Cody in the Wolves box, only to tread on the ball and bring himself down. But he's still yet to find his rhythm. Came off in the hour mark. And uh, Frank, we've got a load of questions in here, which I'm sure you'll be pleased to answer. Um, Craig Silver says, for the last time, seriously, what does Lo Celso do? Time to cut our losses. And uh, Matt Martin says, I can't help thinking Delhi Lo Celso need to swap positions. Delhi made his name breaking into the box while Lo Celso's passing range is much better, but his pace means he'll find it easier to find space deeper on the pitch. Um, overall, Frank, for you now, is it just a case that he's just no longer even considered a first team starter for you, Lo Celso? Is he just... No, he can't start games. He's not a starter. So he's he had impact, chances. It impacts up for you he's, now? He's had chances. He, he's, he had, Mourinho actually quite, quite liked him. And if you remember, when we came out of the lockdown and we finished the season in that little spell of games, he actually was one of our better performers when we sort of got mm. into sick. We finished sick. He, that was the best spell of football he's played at the club. But it's been so up and down. And it's just another one that because we spent so much money on him and because we haven't got the depth and because we are so devoid of success and we want success as a fan base, we give these players so many chances. And he's been at the club now for, for quite a long time. When did he come? The window of 2019, wasn't it? Wait, that summer? This is third the season. Third, rebuild window. Yeah, the, 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 the third season cost us 45 odd million with the loan fee and, and the transfer fee. I think it was yeah. a little bit further than that. Yeah. Uh, higher than that, sorry. I still don't know his best position. I still don't know what he offers this team. Hardly any goals, hardly any assists. Um, I, what, what more is there to say? Um, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not sure on, on the Celso. I, I personally, he'd be one of the players that if he doesn't have a good season, this would be the last season I would give him. If he, mm. that, we're too sentimental with this club. Um yeah. Even at board level, we you know we're hanging on to players. We're hoping we're going to get something out of them. If he just yeah. has another poor season, we might as well get rid of him next summer and, and yeah, replace him and just take a bit of a hit because I, mm. I just struggle to see what he offers this side. It was it was awful again tonight, in my opinion. I don't think he offered anything to that team. Um, 
he was awful, uh, in my opinion, on on the weekend. Sort of started okay, tidy, but not for me. He's not yeah. for me. Leo, let's come around to you because um, someone actually said to me, you know, if this was Chelsea, would the Celso, would Ndombele, would, would they be getting three or four seasons? I mean, what, what do you think, Leon? Would, would he still be here? Would he still be at a club like Chelsea? Or is it just a different, you can't really compare that because of the nature of Chelsea and their kind of investment in comparison to Tottenham? Well, I, I don't think he would be at a club like, like Chelsea. And I think the reason why we're hanging on to Ndombele, the reason we're hanging on to Lo is because of the, the ownership. I mean, you know, they see these players as assets and they they, they see that as a big amount of money invested in uh, in, in the two of them on, on transfer fees. And because they haven't delivered, you know, they're, they're not going to cut their losses and write off a huge investment and let, let them go on the cheap. So the other option is to just try and, and, and pray that they, they come good eventually and that they either um, their resale value goes up or, or they, they start putting in performances on the pitch. So... I just think that's the way the clubs run. I think you know we all we all we all know that, um, and and sadly it's to detriment on on as to what's going on on the pitch. But um, I'm I'm with Frank. You know, Lo Celso is someone who is he's a bit of a luxury, and, and I don't think he adds a great deal to to what we do. Um, whereas in Dombla, I sort of see as as being slightly different. I'm not sure Lo Celso is different enough to to the current options that we've got, um, and you know. But he does play well. I mean, you know, for Frank, Frank was talking about Romero doing well in Copa America. Lo Celso um, did fairly well in, in, for Argentina. He, he can do it, whether it's the system, whether it's the the mindset again. Um, but but it's not it's not working out for him in a Spurs shirt. And he yeah, eventually you have to cut your losses, or, or you know, a well-run club like like Chelsea or, or others would cut their losses. Um, but I think for Spurs, we're going to try and get the most out of him because a big investment, and we're not going to we're not going to ride it off, um, not just yet anyway. Hmm. You know, it actually brings it nice onto my next point, Jase, coming over to you. A uh, question here from the Iron Dome at G underscore division who says, we've seen more from Hill in one game than we have from Lo Celso in over two seasons. Is it now time to start promoting Hill to the starting lineup in the league or at least ahead of the likes of Lo Celso? Thoughts on that, Jase? Probably, probably ahead of the likes of Lo Celso, yeah. Uh, although I probably still wouldn't start with Hill Sunday. Um I'd probably still give that one of those front three positions. Like I said earlier, I probably would give Delia a go in that role purely because we know, like I said, we, we know what he's done rather than not knowing what they can do. But I think Gio's time, you know, I think you're right. You, you got, we can't call that the dream midfield anymore. Can we? That's for sure. With those two, um, it's, it's never going to be the dream midfield that we cannot cover the inadequacies that each of them has. In, in, with just one midfielder behind them. So something's got to give. I wouldn't, you know, January window coming up, I'd, I'd certainly be looking to bring in a consistent midfield person and it would be at Gio's expense. And uh, I think you're right, we, we've got to move on from it because we, we're into year three. We can't sit here, keep saying, let's give them a bit more time, a bit more time. It's year three. If it doesn't happen now, you know, you can't let it go to year four and five because then they'll be in the last year in their contract and we'll be giving them away like we had to with Ericsson. So, you know, for me, I'd, I'd try and move on in, in January. But even if we couldn't move him on in January, I'd, I'd be looking to... We've got to bring someone into that area of the, the, the pitch, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, one player, Frank, that I know did impress you, and I know it's one player you do want to see more of, and that's, of course... Brian Hill, yeah, a real creative outlet, creating a number of chances for his teammates in that first half. Should have really put Spurs back in the lead with a starting effort from close range, that ruddy save. But I think that was a really promising display. And he scored a final penalty in the shootout. 
But ultimately, Frank, you know what I liked about him? He just worked his socks off, didn't he? He really, really did work hard. And the great thing about him is that he's unpredictable on the ball. He's going to get you up off your seat. Um, it's that flair that we crave out of Spurs fans that we love. Um, just how how far can he go, Frank? I know it's very early days, but you must be very excited about the, the prospect we've got on our hands here, right? I think he's a brilliant little player. Um, I'm really excited for, for to watch his development. Um, obviously, Paratici rates him. He was highly touted and rated across all of Europe. I didn't know too much about him before he came, I'll be honest. But he always wants the ball. He's, he's, he's got character because he shows for the ball all the time. Um, he puts himself about. He's only a slight young lad, but he's he's crunching in tackles. His work rate's excellent. Um, again, you can tell a good player when they're young for how confident they are and how much they show for the ball and how much they want to get on the ball. He doesn't hide. And, and I like that about him. And again, I, I don't want to be overcritical of these players because I, I've admitted literally a few minutes ago that Gio Celso has had good little spells in, in the side where he's offered more than he's been showing for a while now. But Brian Gill, you could just tell he's got so much more about him for me personally as a player. Mm. Um, when oh, he's yeah, the Celso's yeah. age, it'll be levels above him personally. And uh, I think I, I think we needed one more in attack. Uh, as well as Hill, I would have got another attacker. I think uh, we were sort of mucking around with Traore, weren't we, offering whatever we offered on deadline day or whatever. So I still think we're a little bit light, as these injuries have shown us. But yeah, he's, yeah. he's, for me, going to work out to be a top signing for this club. And mm. uh, I've put money on it. Yeah. No, he, he is, like I say, very exciting. Leon, coming around to you from what you've seen of him very early on, um, you know, a lot of as I comments flooding through here, you know, about Gill very quickly becoming a lot of Spurs fans' favourite players, and that just tells you what they think probably of the rest of the squad in general. But um just I mean, how excited are you by him, Leon? Would he be a player that you'd be looking to now integrate into Premier League games? Or do you think it is still far too early? You still give him up, say, the cup games, the Europa Conference League, just to bed in slowly before you throw him into the hustle and bustle of the Premier League? Uh I'd throw him into the hustle and bustle of the Premier League, but I'm not a uh, a Premier League manager, so I'm sure I'm sure there are others that know that know better than me. But you know, I like him because he's the kind of player who can turn a game on its head and create something out of nothing. And we've not really had many of those players um, over certainly over this season, over the past season. And if he can add goals to his game, um, then I think he's going to be a really formidable force for the team. And I, and I think um, yeah, playing playing the way he does, he he can just pick up the ball, run with it, do something with it, take on a player, get past the player and create space. And uh, that, again, that's something that we've been missing. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really excited by him. I'd, I'd, I'd certainly consider him for, for Arsenal on Sunday because, um, as I say, he is the type of player who, who just conjures something. And when Spurs are struggling to, um, to sort of build up play, basically, which is where we've all struggled because of the deficiencies in midfield, um, he bypasses that. So, yeah, let's, um, let's see what he can do. Let, let, let's throw him into the lion's pit. And uh, if he comes out well, then I think we've got a gem on our hands. Um, yeah. I, I, sh I share Frank's excitement on that. Yeah. Normally, Jason, I've asked you about these kind of players. You always kind of say, look, you know, don't get carried away. Keep your feet on the ground. You know, he's very, very young, of course. He came in in the summer with probably one eye on him being a player that we would integrate slowly. But bearing in mind some of the players that we've got here, would you be looking to maybe fast-track him and look to bring him into the Premier League fairly quickly in terms of a starting eleven? Well, I think he, he will get his chances for sure in the Premier League. Um, and if it wasn't Arsenal suddenly, perhaps if it was Villa this week, perhaps I would throw him in against them. It's just I'm looking at Arsenal being maybe not the fixture that I'd want to see him in, not not from the start at the moment. Um, and certainly not with Ndombele and him in the side at Arsenal together. But 
you know, the, the, again, you can see the talent. We just need to find out how consistently. I mean, he came on against on Sunday, was shrugged off the ball too easily. Nothing didn't look to do anything on Sunday. Anything, but that, but that's Chelsea at there. So, you know, perhaps the perhaps the lower bottom half teams is where he starts to to get those opportunities to show his abilities more so than than in the really top games. But and then it's up to him how how much he delivers in those games, doesn't it? I mean. I don't think that the checker trade is really going to tell us too much about players, honestly. I don't think, you know, if he if he looks a sparkler against Wren, I think it's it's so different from a Premier League game. And it's yeah. it's you know, it's if you, you, you can have a sparkler at Rochdale in a cup tie, but it doesn't mean mm. to say you're gonna do it in a Premier League game, does it? Yeah. So, you know, they just keep ticking over and you hope to see something a bit like Lamella's Rabona against Astros, but then, you know, there wasn't much in the Premier League, was there? So yeah. let's let's just wait and see. But hopefully as the season goes on, I think we'll see mm. more of him. But but somewhere we've got to get more creativity and we've got to get more goals in the team. The yeah. thing is, do I want to see Hill up there or mm. do I want to see somebody else there? I, I probably still would, like I say, for me, I'd push Delhi further forward Sunday. But if it wasn't the Arsenal game, I may well play Hill from the start. Um, before we do look ahead to Arsenal, I want to just quickly recap the actual shootout itself. Um, Jason, I want to ask you just quickly on Traore. Has your uh, thoughts changed when based on that performance? Would you be looking to sign him up in January? No. no. Nothing changing, no? No. no? I'd look at Dagenham and Redbridge winner in front of Traore. That's what I, I like. Uh, I mean, if I was going to do that, I'd far sooner have some Maximan than I would... Traore. I like Sir Maximan. I, mean, I, I like Sir Maximan. Yeah. 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 Listen, Jason, Traore improves us. I'm telling you, I, I don't want to listen to XGM products, anything like that. If he passes and Son, and Son, who cares though? If he passes Kane and, and Son, would, would, everyone's yeah. numbers around him in this side would go up because he's never played with clinical players like Kane and Son mm. in his whole career. He's not. Um, I think Jason is too worried. I think Jason's too worried, Frank, about his finishing. But if he's got Kane and Son there, who cares? He has to mm. pass it to them. By the way, in that Spain squad he's been in for the last two years, no one is even near close to as clinical as Kane and Song. No one. Mm. There isn't. So he does split opinion, Traore, but he improves us. He gets in our starting eleven. Song, Kane and Traore. <laughs> oh, come on. You're telling me Bergwin and Lucas. He does <laughs> ten t- he's ten times more effective than Bergwin and Lucas. You ask any fullback, who would you rather play against? Stephen Bergwin, Lucas or Armando Traore? They will say, I don't want to play against Traore. That's a fact. I've just seen too many busy ball boys when I've seen Traore on the pitch. <laughs> too, too many times the ball boy is on the end of his final ball. Like I say, give me Sam Maximam over Traore all the time. He's a good player. I like Sam Maximam. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Right, guys, uh, let's quickly recap on the shootout. Uh, we saw Hawain score the first day for Wolves and Lugolini got a hand to it. Kane expertly firing on his, sh- uh, his spot kit, of course. Matuna made it 2-1 to Wolves. Of course, Matuna's going to score on the back of Spurs trying to buy him. That was always going to happen. Uh, Reguilon presumably brought on for the penalty, sent Ruddy the wrong way. It's funny because, um, you know, the last few weeks we've been discussing about, you know, tactical decisions from Nuno. Uh, that was an interesting one, Frank. What did you make of that? Reguilon coming on very last minute for a penalty, put it away. It, worked, uh, back- didn't it? it did. Do we, do we, we've got to give Nuno some credit for that, right? Yeah. Um, Little I bit. mean, if we're giving Thomas Tuchel credit for bringing on Kepper and no, it's true in the Super Cup and then he yeah. gives you a shootout or uh, yeah. Van Hull done it, didn't he, in the World yeah. Cup with Tim Krull. Uh, yeah. You've got to give Nuno credit because it worked. It was a great penalty. Uh, yeah, was... Two lefties. I love both of their penalties. They're good brilliant. penalties, were they? Very good penalties. Yeah. Hoiberg's was absolutely horrid. I don't know yeah. what that was. What happened was there, like... Frank? What happened there to Hoiberg? Just got... it was just... it was... Tried oh, to do the James Beattie, didn't he? Do you remember James Beattie used to put it down, walk away, turn and quickly... You know, do it all in a, a quick motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was an awful penalty. But the first yeah. three were brilliant. 
Crackers, yeah. who obviously is a, a presenter on this show, he yeah. tweeted saying the first three penalties were beautiful and they were great pins. Mm, they so. were. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, Neves obviously blasting over as well. Hill tucking his penalty away really well. Uh, Galini saving Dendonka's spot kick as as well. And I, I didn't have Cody down to actually miss for, for Wolves, which obviously sent Spurs through. Um, Jace, I want to ask you about Galini because he didn't have much to do other than pick the ball out of his net for Dendonka's powerful header and then Poland's pinpoint curling shot. But, you know, he then made that save in the shootout. That'll give him the world of confidence because we understand he's got to make, uh, from what we're told now, it's actually 20 games to trigger Spurs buying him. Um, on another uh, showing of Galini, anything there to take away at the moment? Are you confident that he can be that long-term replacement to Lloris? Bear in mind, some were concerned about that performance that we did see against Wren. Oh, can, can I just go back to Reguillon's penalty? Uh, mm. Of course, England brought on Sancho and Saka, and, um, is it Sancho and Saka, and they both... Uh, yeah. Oh, who was it in missing? Sancho, Sancho and Rashford. Rashford, 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 Rashford. Sancho Rashford. and Rashford came off. We saw Mark Noble come straight off the bench and miss... Sunday, I think Jamie Carragher famously did it, didn't he? In a World Cup, came off the bench to take a penalty and missed. So, full credit to Reggie on first touch of the game and puts it puts it away quite calmly. If only he'd have he'd have thought and been as positive with that on Sunday when that that first chance came for him. Mm-hmm. Um, with Galini, I think we we talked about him last week. It's uh, for me, I'd be sitting down with Hugo saying, "What do you want to do?" And if Hugo wants to stay another year or two, I'd be looking to sign Hugo up. So it's. I still think Hugo's our best. We saw it Sunday. Hugo was exceptional on Sunday. So, and then if Hugo wants to go, then then if Hugo said to me, I'm, "I'm I do want to leave at the end of the year," then I think you've got to start playing Galini in Premier League games, certain Premier League games before we have to make that decision. That's for sure. And you might get to 19 games before, and then say, "Right, you ain't playing another one." or will definitely trigger the 20th game. But you're going to have to have a look at him in the Premier League games before you can make a real assumption. I mean, mean, we saw, you know, lots of people used to think Gazaniga looked good when he came in for cup ties. And then when actually Gazaniga had a run in the Premier League, he suddenly looked at him and thought, you are genuinely a number two goalkeeper, not a number one. So Mm. the the jury's out. But all you can say on Galini is he played, played a lot for Atalanta. They kept 10 clean sheets. They qualified for the Champions League. So at least... At least he is a, a number one goalkeeper and has with the potential to be, which is a lot more than Gazaniga ever was. Yep. Leon, um, just in terms of that shootout, Spurs going through, of course, what will that do for the squad ahead of Arsenal before we look ahead of the, to that in a couple of minutes? Will that really kind of, again, bring that squad together in what's been, you know, it's been a difficult summer. You know, for Nuno as well, he's not had a huge amount of time to work with the players, to be honest with you. When you think about collectively, the RG boys and obviously the South American guys going away for that for that period. It's been a you know he hasn't really had that long. So is a night like tonight one where that does kind of again bring that squad together? Penalty shootout again, kind of against adversity. We lose a two 0 lead. I think I'll be honest. This show could have done a lot. Could have gone a lot differently, right? If we were you know two 0 up, lost the shootout. I think our mood on it would be so different going into Arsenal. But the fact we have gone through, um, how does that feel for the squad? Do you reckon? Yeah, in in a way, I'm quite pleased it went the way it did to penalties without the extra time. I think oh, I'm glad that that's been scrapped um, and, uh, you know, obviously keeps the players fresh because I think you you have got a certain heightened sense of victory after a shootout win because it could go either way. Uh, I think it's good for camaraderie amongst the squad. I think it's good for confidence amongst the squad compared to just, a, you know, a narrow a narrow win in, in normal time. So, yeah, I think it has a, a minor 
uh, impact on the mindset of the team going into Sunday. And uh, yeah, as I say, I think I think that's quite quite positive. Um, and again, good for Kane to put the put the ball in the back of the net so so confidently in the way that he did. Um, again, as he as he sort of looks to find his groove, uh, his goal scoring groove. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we won on penalties. I'm glad we didn't go to extra time. Um, and I think it puts us in a, a slightly psychological uh, advantage going into going into North London derby. Agree. Now, ahead of this North London derby, um, we haven't had any news yet from Nuno Espirito Santo in terms of players out. But um, we are going to go for our final break of the show. Taking you into this break, we're going to hear from Harry Simeon for our guys on audio uh, from Chronicles of Aguna, giving his preview ahead of the game on Sunday. Uh, when we return, of course, we'll get straight into that North London derby. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. So the North London derby is just around the corner. Really, really looking forward to this one. Of course, Arsenal go into it off the back of a couple of victories in the league and, of course, of winning the Carabao Cup. And, you know, the season started really poorly for Arsenal. And when we were looking ahead at the fixtures, the, the Tottenham game was not one uh, that we wanted to see. But obviously the outlook is a little bit different now. Uh, Spurs have dropped some points in the Premier League. Arsenal uh, look as though they're slowly but surely getting back to something like where they need to be, as if things are just slightly levelling out. Uh, really interesting to see uh, tonight at the time of recording uh, in the Carabao Cup that Mikel Arteta gave 60 minutes to Thomas Partey because he was really, really important for us up at Burnley. And he's a player that we've really expected a lot from, but haven't seen a great deal from up until now, largely down to injury. So I think he'll be key going into the game at the weekend. And obviously to see him being given 60 minutes kind of tells us that in Mikel Arteta's eyes, just fitness-wise, he's just lacking a little bit. Uh, one of the other positives from the, the midweek game was, of course, Bukayo Saka coming on as a sub and looking incredibly sharp. He hasn't looked that sharp for a long, long time. And I know the opposition wasn't exactly top quality, but... Uh, you can take encouragement from that, uh, from an Arsenal perspective anyway. So in terms of the team that I think Mikel Arteta will probably select going into the weekend's game, I think it'll be Aaron Ramsdale in goal. I expect it to be a back four of uh, Takahiro, Tomiyasu, uh, Ben White, Gabriel and Kieran Tierney. In the midfield, I think it'll be Thomas Partey, probably alongside Granit Xhaka. A lot of Arsenal fans don't want to see him come back into the side. But of course, he returns from suspension and I wouldn't be surprised if he's put straight back in. I think Martin Odegaard will be the man to play just in front of that double midfield pivot. And I think it will be Pepe and Saka on either flank with Aubameyang leading the line. So that's what I think Mikel Arteta is going to go with. But of course, he, he's never been afraid to make changes to the team, sometimes uh, for our for the good and sometimes for the bad. So we're going to have to wait and see how it all pans out. But feeling a lot more confident about this game than I would have been three weeks ago. Uh, but even still, it's a North London derby. Anything can happen. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's a game with that's always very important. It's a game that always has added significance. But I think now, given that Mikel Arteta needs to 
win back some of the trust of the fans and let Tottenham go into the back of this off the couple off of the back of a couple of uh, poor results in the Premier League. They'll need a win, a win as well. And I think it's going to be a, a really tasty encounter as always. Prediction, I'm going to go for the famous old one, Neil to the Arsenal. Not much coming out of Nuno's press conference ahead of this one. Um, obviously, Arsenal, they're also through to the next round of the Carabao Cup after advancing against uh, Wimbledon. Uh, probably no surprise there at all. Um, for Spurs, obviously, the draw, um, it's a way to Burnley. So, um, I mean, listen... There's probably tougher ties to come, but it won't. We said it won't be easy. Burnley again, Premier League side. Uh, Jason, one of your favourite places. Jason, not too. Uh, what do you normally say? Not not a tough place to go, or what, well, how do you normally tough, phrase it? It's a tough place to go, but they haven't won at home in 14 games, so that's how yeah. tough it is. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure we'll make it tough because it's Tottenham, right? I'm sure we'll, we'll make it difficult, and uh, we have a whole host of injuries going into that as well. So that's one to keep an eye on for the next couple of weeks. And of course, like every game, we'll be covering that on the last one on Spurs, but um. Let's discuss the North London derby. Um, it's one of those games where really, we, we never do well at the Emirates, to be fair. Um, Frank, Arsenal, they opened their campaign, of course, with three top-flight defeats, having registered or really at any goals at all. But then they've rallied now to register back-to-back wins, one nils over both Norwich and Burnley. I mean, it's been hardly eye-catching, <laughs> but they are coming to a back fo- into obviously some kind of form now. They saw Martin Odegaard do the damage at Turf Moor with that fine free kick. Um, What's your feeling going into it, Frank? Now, obviously, hopefully on the back of a win, you're feeling a little bit easier going into it, or not necessarily? Mm, I mean, form typically goes out the window with these North London derbies. Um, however, they, they've steadied the ship. Listen, you, anyone really uh, out of the bigger clubs should be able to beat Norwich and Burnley. Um, Norwich as well, particularly. Uh, I mean, they are terrible. Burnley second bottom. A, Burn- a Norwich bottom, Burnley second bottom. Is that right in the table? I think Burnley one draw. Have a name. Uh, four we losses. Can for you. We can check that now. Um, Let's have a look. Let's have a look. But, so, the maybe the, three. well, they're in the bottom three. They're two terrible sides. And obviously, AFC Wimbledon tonight. But yeah. they're, they're in the... Right, yeah, Burnley, Burnley are second bottom. Yeah, so Burnley, so, Burnley so 19th, beaten, Norwich 20th. But, yeah. Beaten 20th and 19th. Um, mm. we've, we've had tougher tests so far. Um and oh, sorry, we've come through better, tougher tests, i.e., we beat Man City at home. I know yep. Chelsea battered us, but they lost to Man City 5 0. Uh, Brentford beat them. Yep. Um, but it's, as you Chelsea said, Chelsea beat we, them as well. Chelsea beat them as well, but they absolutely battered them. That was 3 0 as well, wasn't it? But we, we don't travel well there. I mean, I've been there three times, I think, drawn one, lost two, horrible away game. Um, I'm not confident, I'll be totally honest with you. I'm not. Um, regardless of going through on penalties tonight, we still gave away a 2-0 lead. I think someone actually said that in the comments, which obviously isn't a good trait carrying into that game. But I would be happy with a draw. Jason said off air before the game as well, you take a draw now. I said, absolutely, because we, we don't travel well there. It's a huge game. And if we do go there and lose 2-3-0 or get battered or don't play well, Nuno is going to be under huge pressure. Um, perspective, obviously, it's still, he's still earning into his job, but that doesn't matter. The media frenzy, the fans on Twitter, the fans yeah, in general yeah, will, get, yeah, will jump yeah. all over him if, if we don't show up and we get battered there. Yeah. So it's a big game for Nuno. It's a huge game for Nuno. Is um, it performance for you, Frank? Is it just to be clear for you? It's just the case that you just want to see Spurs turn up right in terms of a performance. Performances have got to get better. There's no doubt about that. And we can all pick patches from tonight and say it's positive. Wolves made ten changes in the league. The facts are we've been beaten at Crystal Palace three 0 We've been been beaten at home by Chelsea three 0 um, even in the three wins we took at the beginning of the season in the league, the performances weren't great, barring one second half against Man City. The Wolves' performance was poor. We were very, very lucky. Um, and Watford's second half was pretty pretty decent, really, but it's Watford, the, the newly promoted team. 
Um, we st- how many goals have we scored from open play in the league? One? One. Is it one goal? One goal? Just the one, yeah. yeah. It's the one. So we need to see a performance. Obviously, we, we need a result as well. I'm not being greedy here. But we, we need we need we need to we need to do a lot better than we've been doing, Rick. We've got yeah, to be honest so, here. We have got we can't honest, come yeah. on here and just pretend to be positive no. and, and no, I mean, listen, we're, we're let's, doing let's, a podcast. Let's, let's be honest about it. If he didn't win tonight, he's like, he would be under massive I mean I listen, I said I said at the start of the of the week it's a defining week for him. I didn't mean that in terms of his job, but I do think in terms of fans' expectations, he's expected to go to Wolves and get the win because it is Wolves and Tottenham as a club, they need to be taking the cup seriously. So he has got that done, however horrendous it was that we dropped a 2-0 lead. Now, I agree with you, Frank, that we are, I think we're expecting to see at least a performance against Arsenal because um, I think what we have to say is, you know, whatever we said about Pochettino Marine in the past is both of them understood that derby and they did get the players fired up, right? Barring in mind, obviously, last season under Mourinho, uh, the two went at the Emirates. I think generally um, both of them understood what that game meant and I think Nuno will need to understand that very quickly if he is to last at Spurs for uh, quite some time. We, we need to play well and well, there's no point. Uh, again, it's early days. I know a lot's changed, but there is no point in second Jose Mourinho to get Nuno into play like this in the league. There isn't. There's no difference to me, um, yeah. apart from the results in the first three games. Yeah. One goal from open play in our first five Premier League games. Yeah, that, that has, that has good enough. That has but we, we, we've got rid of Jose because we want to play on the front foot. We want mm. to go back to how we played under Pochettino. And I think a lot of Spurs fans, whether it's right or wrong, will accept playing good football. Um over results at times, which is a little bit of a criticism of mine. But you show up, you pay your money, you, you want to see football. Mm. At the end of the day, we're all fans. Yeah, of if course, the players of have a go, we put in a performance, there's energy, we're passing the football better, we're creating chances, and we lose 1-0, for instance. Mm. Uh, the pressure will still be on, but personally, I will think there's been an improvement there. You know, we, we, we've had a go sort of thing. If yeah. we show up there and we sit off them and we just soak the pressure up and we try and make them on the counter-attack, um, then... I don't know. I mean, listen, let's be totally honest, guys, and, and people who are listening. Have you been happy with watching this football club this season so far? Have uh, you watched w- one one ninety minute performance and thought that was brilliant? No, I think in like I say what, what I would say to the boys, obviously I'll ask them this as well. I'd say in spells, um like I say the twenty five minutes against Chelsea, uh, snippers against City, yep. Yeah, I think it'd be, I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we said overall ninety minutes we've been impressed with performances. I don't, I don't think we can do, but um Leon, let's come to you because, you know, feel free to answer that there from Frank as well. But, you know, as Frank picked up on Spurs um, against Arsenal, it's not a happy travelling ground for us. Arsenal have lost the home game at Tottenham since 2010. Uh, obviously, last season they won 2-1. So I just wonder psychologically and mentally for the players uh, how much that actually does build into them. It's a, um, a squad generally where there's a few new players there now. Does that build into them? Does it go into their head? Or do you think really they look at this as another another game? Arsenal are doing great. Really, if you look at where Arsenal are in the league, Spurs should be going there about any fear and should be looking to go there and win the game. Am I fair to say that? Yeah, well, I think Spurs should definitely be looking to go there and win the game. Um, yes, we haven't got the greatest record at, at the Emirates. Um, whether that plays on the players' minds, I'm not sure. I mean, at the end of the day, they're professionals and they're out there to 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 to, to win to win the football match that they're, that they're up to play. Um, and you know the the fact that it's a derby, the fact that it's is Arsenal um, is big to us fans, and it will be it will, be, it will certainly be big to the players. It will be on their minds, but ultimately they're out there to play a game of football um, and, and and make sure that they they get the best result possible. Um, and I think you know Nudo, yes, he's got to understand that rivalry, what it means to the fans. 
Um, I don't think they'll, they'll, you know, Wolves' rivalries, um, I don't think they match Spurs, Spurs Arsenal um, in, in any way whatsoever. So he's got to understand that. And yeah, if, you know, I, I like to answer Frank's question do I, have I enjoyed watching Spurs this season? No, <laughs> I haven't. Um, I like, I like, I like Nuno as a guy. And, I, and the last time I was on this podcast, Ricky, we were top of the league. We just beat Watford, and and you know, everyone was, everyone was all smiles, yeah. and it was going to be never going to last. Yeah, was it? Never going to last. It, it, it never lasts. But but we did say at the time, look, Nuno's a nice guy. Nuno seems to have his head switched on. He's saying the right things, and if he if he is true in saying that he wants to play this expansive style of football, he wants to get back to the to the Spurs DNA. Um, then we've got to give him the time. We we were so bad last season that um you know he it isn't going to happen overnight it isn't going to be a miracle he has to work with the players he has to to, to sell them his ideas um and we've got to give him the opportunity to do that and if we can win if we can win against arsenal or put in a good performance and come away with a point then i think that gives him a good launch pad to sort of start the season proper if we lose uh and then we go into the next game after that playing some down football and, and, mm. and losing and failing to create chances yeah. Then pressure people start looking at him and pressure starts to pile on. But I really do think we should be going there looking to win that game, given given where we are in the league, where they are in the league. Um, you know, that they aren't playing well. Okay, yes, that they're getting the results, but but you know, mm. we always said it's against poor teams. We've we've been playing we've got a result against against City. Um and uh, you know, I, I think I think we're we're there to to take take the three points. Let's hope we can do it. Yeah, I mean we do know, Jay's coming over to you that um, I think I- Barring a, a two-goal swing, if Arsenal were to win, they go above Tottenham in the league as well. Which uh, you know we discussed Spurs' great start and Arsenal's poor start. I think it tells you everything in terms of the two clubs where they're at. So it, in that basis, James, I just wonder if Nuno was to go to Arsenal and win, does that bide him? I'm not saying that he's going to get sacked next week or whatever like that. Because I mean, listen, he's at the start of the job and he's going to need time to actually actually have the full squad available to him, which he hasn't he hasn't had yet in the job. But does, does that kind of just give him some time and to kind of not have to be concerned about the job so much where he's got that win over Arsenal, that kind of get him the fans on side. Where do you see it for you this game in terms of what the importance is for Nuno? Well, I think, first of all, the win tonight means we're not going into it as the club in crisis. That's the first thing. So there's not four days of negativity written about Tottenham going into the game that, that there would have been if we'd have gone out tonight. That's that's one big advantage. I think the... Uh, I think if if you win there, then then for sure, you know, people will will get off his back for a for a time, uh, at least until you lose. If you lose at home to Aston Villa, it'll all be there again. But you hope that just some little bits of confidence, and you feel like he should be picking the the best eleven available to him. And if you do that and you get a result, then a little bit of confidence comes back and. And it's it's just the knock on effects right the way through the club, isn't it? But the one thing that we um, you know, they are a poor side. There's no doubt about it, they're a poor side. But the one thing that, and their our record there is as bad as theirs at White Hart Lane as well. But the one thing that they always do for the, the home game, at least, they do always turn up for this. You know, we absolutely stunk the place out last year. There's been times when we've been 2 0 up when in the Pochettino era, when we're thinking we're a much better side than them. We've gone one up, we've gone two up, not held on. You know, uh, it was only a couple of years ago, wasn't it, where we were two up with a Kane and Ericsson scored and and we didn't do it. We had the famous, you know, even Harry Redknapp side. I know we came back, but the year later, we we go 2-0 up and lose 5-2 and things like that. For whatever, even in the 4-2 game where 
Gwen Doozy's banging on the, the car roof afterwards. We take the we, Eric Dyer scored in that game. They need to put us 2 1 up or something. So they've always shown up and they, they, they never drop their heads when they've gone behind in that game. So that's one thing we've got to be aware of. And, and it's not a great week to be chucking away a two goal lead when the amount of leads we've chucked away at the Emirates is, is ridiculous. So we'll be tested with our character if we score first or we do take the lead. We have got to hold on to it this time and not by sitting back but by being composed maybe we get caught up a little bit ourselves at a derby and we we lose our composure on the ball and we we just see the result we're so hungry for the result that we make basic mistakes through through being almost too hungry to get a result too anxious we kind of play the play it as the derby rather than the composed head we're we're one nil up or two nil up against a crap side so we should be able to see this out and maybe it's a, a mentality thing that we've got to sort ourselves out there. Okay, guys, prediction time. Let's wrap this up. Let's come first to you, Frank, nice and early. So we come to you first, mate, that no one will remember this when the next time you're on. So uh, you can get this one out of the way. What do you reckon? Frank, score, score, score draw, score draw, one or two all. And you take that, Frank, yeah? I'd take a point away there. I, regardless of their form, I would, because we don't... We, when do we ever win there, as Jason said? It's been 11 mm. years since yep. we won there, so I'd take a point all day long. OK. Leon, what are you going for? Look, I'm ever the optimist. I think, again, harking back to that podcast, Ricky, uh, the last time I was on the top of the league, I said we'd get top four. Uh, it's, uh, so, yeah, it's, so um I'm, I'm going to go one nil. I'm going to go. I think. I, I think. I think we're going to go one nil. I think if we can keep it tight at the back. We, we can nick one. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think they've got goals in them. Do you know what's funny? One nil will be celebrated so much, people won't care if it's only one nil. Even if it's only, if it's, even if it's only our second goal from from open play, I think we'd all would take that. It'll be a Kane penalty. Yeah, no, no, it probably would be. I mean, it'd be good for Kane, though, wouldn't it? I think if if, if Kane does score against them to build on Jason's point earlier today, um, I do think what that would do for Kane is it would stop people hampering back to the summer if Kane does score against Arsenal and get the winner. So that's an interesting concept there. Um, Jace, let's finish with you. Well I've, well, I've read all week we're better off without Kane from, from so many people. So who wants to leave Kane out for Sunday's fixture? Oh, that's a goal great, record I, there. I, there many there, which one of the, mm. the people that wants him left out is going to be brave enough to go to Arsenal without him? No, uh, I doubt I think it'll be 2-1. Spurs? I don't know. It'll be 2-1. I honestly don't know. I, I was going to say I'll, I'll flick a coin, but I can't find a coin. And heads or tails? Heads. I won't tell you what it came down as. Yeah, don't tell me. <laughs> There's two heads on that coin, so. Oh, nice one. Okay, two-one. I think there will be a winner. It will be two-one. I'd say fifty-five, forty-five in their favour. Okay. Thank you so much, boys. Um, let me say a great thank you to. He's going to be regular on this podcast this season for better or for worse. The great Frankie Major back on Frank. Thank you so much, as always. Late night finish, but at least we're talking about a win, Frank. Yeah, well, thanks for having me back on, mate. You know, I love doing this sort of stuff. I know so you do. I look forward to the next time. I think I'm on yeah. in a few weeks. So you are indeed for the, it, uh, those conference nights, Frank. You know, Jason, there. Frank, Jason, you'll be paired up with Jason on many of these. Jason, oh, check forward. a trade. Oh, check a trade next week, can it? <laughs> oh, great. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> More, I can't more, wait. More, we've got Mora to come. Hopefully, it's not the injured version. We'll have to find come out. We'll have to wait and see. But, um, <laughs> always great having Frank. But also, looking forward to having back on regularly throughout the season. We've got Leon Emirali back as well. Leon, thank you so much as always. Always a pleasure having you on. Likewise. Thanks, Ricky. And uh, thanks, Frank. Thanks, Jason. Good to, uh, good to chat with you, boys. Yeah, always makes Likewise. it better than after a win. Always been great after a win. And Jason, uh, thank you as always. Uh, it's Ryder Cup week for you now. So, you're a week off, is it? Oh, uh, let's. 
you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's one of my favourite sporting events. I absolutely love it. So the, pro the problem is kickoff time Sunday. So I'll have one on the phone, one on the TV. And if, if they're beating us, the TV will be the golf and the, just the phone will be on the football. But hopefully that, you boys, uh, yeah. with respect, I won't be watching you Sunday night, mate, doing your last word on Spurs. I'll be glued to the golf by then. But hopefully you're talking about a 2-1 Spurs win. Oh, man. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Well, listen, guys, um, for you watching us live, uh, it's been a massive, massive amount of people watching us live here at the moment. Bearing in mind, we're into the early hours of the morning. Thank you ever so much, as always, for all your support. Uh, we are back after Arsenal. Fingers crossed we are speaking about a Tottenham Hotspur win. But most importantly, as always, guys, keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.